Welcome to another edition of the official Jets podcast, the Jets 2021 schedule release presented by Jeff Bluer here in the BetMGM studio. Let's just start up top. The Jets season opener, a juicy one, going down to Charlotte, North Carolina, and taking on Sam Darnold and the Carolina Panthers. The season's almost here. I can't wait to see a lot of people at MetLife Stadium next year. We're getting great news in terms of of the pandemic, where we're at with the vaccinations. So uh, last year at this time, we were wondering if we were going to have an NFL season. Now as we approach 2021, the NFL season, we're thinking about having the green and white faithful back at MetLife Stadium. The season opens up on the road. You mentioned the juicy storylines. Of course, the Jets started April by sending Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers in exchange for three draft picks. They end April by taking Zach Wilson out of BYU. This will be Robert Sala's first game as head coach of the New York Jets. Yeah, I think that the storyline is an NFL intriguing storyline. I kind of like you rip the Band-Aid off. When the Jets traded Sam Darnold, they knew that they were going to see him this year, although he was traded outside of the conference. Having it be week one, there's no time well, I guess you would say there's no time for the storyline to be built up, but you do have the preseason and training camp, and I'm sure that a lot of uh, analysts, when the schedule was released, said, you know what, that, that's a game that most people are going to circle and talk about now in May. But having it be week one, I think it's a, also when you think about where the Panthers finished last year, they, were dra- they drafted in the top ten, number eight overall. I mean, Surprised like- some people by taking J.C. Horn. A lot of people thought yeah. they might – Still take a quarterback even after drafting for Sam, after trading. Don't you like Sam the matchup, Darnold. though, uh, generally speaking? I mean, it's not like the Jets are going to face, let's say, like last year at Buffalo. Buffalo had a great season last year, and I, I would say that they're a better team than the Panthers. Yeah, well, listen, the Panthers do have a lot of talent and skill positions. Uh, I like what the Jets are going to throw at Sam Darnold and company, and starting with – that defensive line. Daniel Jeremiah said the other day that by the time this season is done, you're going to be talking about Quinn and Williams being the second best defensive tackle in football with Aaron Donald having his own room, but the Jets got better up front. So they will be tough to contend with there in week one because Carl Lawson on the outside. Sheldon Rankins joins the rotation on the inside. Vinnie Curry gives you more depth for the rotation at the opposite end position. So, yeah, it's going to be fascinating. Uh, You know, you never knew, uh, obviously, before a schedule came out, where was the NFL going to put this one? You thought week one was always a possibility, though. Yeah, I I mean, I thought maybe Thursday night had a possibility, too, just because you'd want that storyline in prime time, but... I think week one is prime time enough for this storyline. And, you know, there are a lot of familiar faces down in Carolina, but like Robbie Anderson, Pat Alfly, Justin Burris, Trenton Cannon's on that roster as we speak. And then after week one, the Jets open up at MetLife, hopefully with fans in the stands. I know Governor Phil Murphy said that he's expecting, or the hope is to have close to 100% at MetLife Stadium. And then the Jets host the New England Patriots, who have had a just a totally atypical New England Patriot offseason. Yeah, because they spent a boatload in free agency and a lot of uh, guys going in there. They addressed the 
tight end position, a linebacker position, a former Jets defensive lineman actually ended up there in Henry Anderson. And, oh, by the way, they became the second team in the AFC East at a quarterback in round one. Mac Jones uh, going to New England. It's anticipated. We anticipate Cam Newton's going to be the guy in week two, but the Jets get a crack at their old nemesis in week two. And speaking of the Patriots, they're going to be done with the Patriots here early this season because the return matchup is October 24th at Gillette Stadium. They will face the Patriots twice before facing the Buffalo Bills or the Miami Dolphins once. Yeah, and to that point, the Jets are done with the Patriots after week seven. Week seven is the return trip where the Jets go up to Foxborough for the second matchup there. But, you know, if we were to look at, let's say, the first nine weeks of the season, the first eight games, the bye is week six, by the way. I think what stands out is the strength of schedule because the Jets host the Titans week four, and then week nine they travel to Indianapolis for Thursday night football. Those are the only two teams in the first nine weeks who made the playoffs in 2020 that the Jets will face. Yeah, uh, I wrote about this, that six of the Jets' first seven opponents last year, they had a combined record of 32-63-1, and one, a combined winning percentage of 33.3. So why is that relevant? Because the Jets are going to have a learning curve. They have a new head coach, and they're installing new systems on both sides of the ball. They could have a rookie quarterback from the get-go week one and Zach Wilson. So there will be bumps along the way, but they're facing a lot of teams who are in similar situations where they didn't have stellar records last year and they want to build things themselves as well. Yeah, I think, yeah, you're absolutely right. And also week five, I think will be, you know, uh, there's going to be a lot of intrigue from Jets fans there because the Jets are going to go overseas to take on the Atlanta Falcons, and we've talked about this, the Jets have eight road games, really seven, right, and a neutral site in being in London. Yeah, 17 games for the first time in National Football League history, nine home games this year, so get out to MetLife Stadium. I think it's going to be a raucous uh, atmosphere because the Jets are building something big here. Uh, eight road games, but... I really think it's seven road games and one neutral site game because this game against the Atlanta Falcons in week five in London, in Tottenham, I think you're probably going to see more green and white supporters overseas. And this is a cool thing, a great thing for Jets chairman Woody Johnson because most recently he served as a U.S. ambassador to both Great Britain and Northern Ireland. So now he's taking his team back there. And after the London game, the Jets have a bye, which, you know, that that marries nicely because the Jets have a heavy travel, uh, heavy travel, heavy travel. They play 930 in the morning, Eastern Standard Time. They come back. They have the bye week. So thing they get a little extra rest. And then we've talked about this. They play at New England and then they wrap up that slate. But in that same breath, to your point earlier, in the back half of the season, the Jets play Buffalo and Miami four times total. You're, sk you're skipping ahead of the back half? How about the return matchups for some of these guys? You mentioned Tennessee? Yeah, all but, right, all right. I, I was going to do the, the return matchups as like a whole at oh, the end. That's fine. We'll, we'll do it. No, we'll do that at the end. Okay. No, but you're right about the AFC East. You know, it's the Patriots flavor early and then the back half. You have that game eight is a Thursday night primetime game. I know you're going to get to that. 
against the Indianapolis Colts, but you have 10 days to prepare for the Buffalo Bills week nine at MetLife Stadium or game nine at MetLife Stadium. And then your 10th game is against the Miami Dolphins. So that's possibly setting up as a critical two-game stretch inside Mm -hmm. the division where after you play the Colts, you get a chance to make your mark inside the division. And hopefully you at least gain a split with the Patriots early on. We'll have to see what happens. And also the Jets wrap up at Buffalo. That's going to be a really cold game. That is the early part of January. But on the positive side of the ledger, the past couple of years, the Jets have been going down to Miami in the warmer climate, like, you know, October, early November. Now they get a December game at Miami. So that, that'll be a nice little break for the Jets, you know, assuming it's cold up here and a little warmer down in South Florida. It's always humid down in South Florida, but yeah, a break weather-wise. The other thing that stands out as far as the schedule down the stretch, not too many crazy cold weather games unless it's a home game where right. you don't mind if it's the New Orleans, New Orleans Saints coming to your place. and Or the ha- Jags. Yeah, having to face you inside the elements per se. But going down to Miami late in the year, uh, it can be awfully humid and hot in September. So you'll take that in December. But that finishing stretch is something else if Tampa and Buffalo have – uh, reason to play all their starters throughout the defending Super Bowl champions. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers come in your place the second last game of the season, then going to Buffalo and Western New York. Uh, the Bills, 13-3 last year, undefeated inside the AFC East. They're a team to be reckoned with. They are, for certain. And you mentioned the Colts game, the lone primetime game as it stands on this slate right now. I don't want to say I was surprised that was a Thursday night game, but I would not have selected. I would not have guessed that that would have been the Thursday night game. You would keep what you originally said as far as you would not have selected it. Well, you, uh, well, you I would, would not have selected it. I don't, well, I don't understand the Thursday night intrigue between the Colts and the Jets. I don't know if there's like a storyline there. And if you want like somewhat of a hook, why not do Jets-Jags Thursday night? Potentially the number one and number two overall picks going up against each other. First-time head coaches, like that has a little more appeal to me than Colts, Jets. Playoff team, number two overall pick, or, you know, 2-14 and 14 team last year. I don't understand it. You always can look at the quarterbacks, right? And, and the Colts think they potentially have upgraded the quarterback position. Phillip Rivers finishes out his career there. They trade for Carson Wentz. Uh, that roster is built up pretty well. Uh, Rex Hogan, the Jets' assistant GM, had a hand in building that roster. We're seeing the Jets do that right now with Joe Douglas and company at the helm, uh, trying to build this thing up front. Of course, the Jets draft Mackay Becton in 2020. They come back this year. Uh, you know, let's not overlook the fact that the Jets had two first-round picks this right. year, and they take Elijah Vera Tucker. Uh, so, uh, you know, didn't you write about this the other day? Former uh, USC head coach Clay Helton has compared right. Elijah Vera Tucker to Quentin Nelson of the did. Indianapolis Colts. That, that article has not been posted on NewYorkJets.com, but a little bit of a sneak peek there. Basically, he compared their versatility because yeah. he said both of those guys are very good at guard on the interior, and they can get you out of a pinch if you need either one of those guys to play tackle. Of course, Elijah Vera Tucker played guard at USC before he kicked out to tackle in 2020, won the Morris Trophy Award, which goes to the best uh, Pac-12 offensive and defensive lineman as voted by 
the players in the conference. So the defensive players in the Pac-12 voted Elijah Vera Tucker as the best offensive lineman in the conference, which is cool. I know that's kind of off track there, but now you got me going. So you were talking about the Colts on Thursday night. Yeah, do you no, think? I, I, like, I get it. Okay. But do you consider the Colts the AFC South favorite, or do you consider the Tennessee Titans, whom the Jets host early in the season, as that, a South favorite? I think favorite? that's a great question. Um, I, I would say the Colts right now. Okay. Because I think the Titans lost some players, where, including Corey Davis, and they lost to Dory Jackson. I believe they let go of Malcolm Butler. The Colts got Carson Wentz, who, you know, we'll see what, what Carson Wentz looks like after a questionable last season in Philadelphia. They just addressed the offensive line the other day, adding former Chiefs tackle right. Eric Fisher. Yeah, and that, that offensive line has been good for a long time now. So, And they got continuity from top to bottom. I mean, I think that... You, think, bottom I, I line, that Thursday night. Here, let's just circle back on the Thursday night. You have a New York market. Yep. You have a draw on Robert Sala. You have potentially the number two overall pick in the draft. Mm -hmm. And you have a, a playoff team who could contend for the AFC championship. If Zach Wilson starts yes. that game, you're looking at two quarterbacks selected number two overall, both wearing number two if Zach Wilson, in, in fact, keeps number two because I believe Carson Wentz is now number two in Philadelphia uh, in. after not wearing two in Philadelphia. Okay. Yep. And then, so let, let's move on here. Just looking at the rest of the slate. I mean, not like a whole lot of storylines, but to circle back what you talked about before, when you talk about guys playing former teams and whatnot and the storylines there, obviously there's Sam Darnold playing the Jets in week one, but then how about Carl Lawson playing the Bengals in week eight, Corey Davis playing Tennessee in week four, there's a lot of that, too. Jeff Ulbrich, the Jets defensive coordinator, coaching against his former team last year in week five in London. Yeah, a lot of connections there. Corey Davis, nearly 1,000 yards receiving last season for the Titans. He considers himself a number one receiver. He uh, joins a wide receiver group that got a lot better this offseason, the New York Jets. And then on the other side of the ball, for Tennessee, thinking about A.J. Brown, right? And the connections he has with Elijah Moore and Corey Davis. So that's that's a cool storyline. Carl Lawson, he disrupted the quarterback as well as anybody in terms of hits and pressures last season. Now he's going to be targeting Joey Burrow. Did the Cincinnati Bengals do enough to address their offensive line? Remember, Burrow went down early last season. You know Lawson will be amped for that game. You mentioned... Jeff Albrecht, who was calling the defensive shots for the Atlanta Falcons down the stretch last year, did a great job. Raheem Morris was interim head coach, but I think Albrecht really made his mark. He'll be contending with a group that includes Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, if he's still there by the time the season mm -hmm. starts, Kelvin Ridley, and Kyle Pitts, the number right. four overall selection in the draft, taking two spots after Zach Wilson. Also, Vinny Curry. Against the Eagles. Yep, like that one. Uh, I mean, obviously, Tom Brady against the Jets. Let, let me tell you something about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They've never won a road game at the Jets, All ever. Right. Well, I think Jets fans are crossing their fingers. That, remains, that record remains perfect. And also, the Jets have never beaten the Philadelphia Eagles, who was added as the ninth home game. 
and now that is week 13, so the Jets will host the Philadelphia Eagles. Old game 17. Uh, all right, so let's do something different here. Let's do early thoughts on each game. Run them down quick. Oh, wow. You, yeah. So, uh, real yeah. quick. All right. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to rip through these. Yeah. So you want to start week one? Yeah. All right, week one, Jets at Carolina. Everybody's going to be talking about the quarterbacks, but you're going to have to contain Christian McCaffrey, who is one of the top offensive talents in all of football. And also Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. They add Terrace Marshall and et cetera, et cetera. But, I, th- I think the Jets can give you some problems up front with what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball. And then on the opposite side, it's the first time we'll get a chance to see Mike LaFleur at the helm calling right. offensive shots for the first time. And I think Carolina's defense, we'll see. Yep. Week two, Fair. home against New England. Uh, Patriots, uh, fascinating offseason. One of the most intriguing offseasons of all throughout the National Football League. Bill Belichick has said this is Cam Newton is the starting quarterback of the New England Patriots. With that being said, I think the environment at MetLife Stadium is going to be off the chain in week two. <laughs> Especially if the Jets are able to squeak out a win. In week one against the Panthers, I think MetLife will be rocking week two. Then the Jets head out west to take on the Broncos in week three. Broncos, interesting team. Took Patrick Sertain, uh, Alabama cornerback, uh, one of the top defensive players in the entire draft class. They have a lot of pieces. They're going to be riding with Drew Locke, or, and, and is it, or is it Teddy Bridgewater? Well, I, I don't know. I think that's part of the question. Yeah. I mean – I think whoever's named starter week one will be starter week three, assuming there's no injury. But I think, you know, Denver's got some interesting pieces on the outside. They drafted Javante Williams. You will have a nice Javante Williams, Michael Carter. Uh, hello, I guess, whatever you want to call it. But they'll be playing against each other for the first time ever because they played with each other for many yeah. years down in North Carolina. And the Jets got numbers in the offensive backfield. Um, like you mentioned, Michael Carter, uh, you know, you look about the production that both him and Javante had at the college level, that was really something else. But uh, the Jets going mile high. They're going to have to make sure they get their air. Um, 4.05 kickoff there early in the season, Eastern time, right? Yep. And then week four, the Jets host the Titans. My first thought is what's that offense going to look like without Arthur Smith? Yeah, uh, you know, but for me, it starts with Derrick Henry. You know, it, Ryan Tannehill has been awfully productive, but you're taking Corey Davis out of the equation. Corey Davis now a New York Jet. He will be amped for this game. Uh, you know, if you can contain Henry, then I think you can settle in and get after Tannehill and company. On the other side of the ball, um, they've got some changes over there, but it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, the Jets match up with this team. For my money, Tennessee has always been one of the most physical ball clubs in the National Football League. Yep, I agree with that. And then week five, the Jets at Atlanta technically, but it's really a neutral site game in London. Tottenham. That's going to be so cool. A great experience. Uh, Who's going to handle that better? Uh, Going overseas, going overseas, going across the pond. Uh, Atlanta, you mentioned Arthur Smith before. Uh, What's going to happen with Matt Ryan this season? They still got a lot of weapons there in Atlanta. I like that Allprick has got a lot of intel on those guys. Mm-hmm. I, I can't wait to see his game plan for them. Yeah, I think the defense also another question mark. What's that going to look like this year? 
But then the Jets have the bye in week six. Then they go to New England in week seven. I mean, we talked about New England, so I'm just going to keep going here. Week eight, the Jets host the Bengals. Joey Burrow and company coming here. Jamar Chase, great receiver. Uh, you know, what are the Jets going to do up front with that new 4-3 uh, defensive look? And then on the other side of the ball, you know, I think this will be a point of the season where you're kind of getting a feel for what the Jets are offensively because right. it's that new system under LaFleur and they're going to try to run the football and use the boots get the quarterback out on the rollouts and try to attack you down the field. I think the Jets have gotten so much better at receiver, not to sound like a broken record, but you like what you've seen out of Elijah Moore in that really small sample size. He's an explosive player, Corey Davis, Keelan Cole. And you do have talent at the skill positions right now. Yeah, and I think that for the Bengals' defense, they lost William Jackson. So I think that I think the Jets could take advantage of that defense. And I think the Jets' defensive front could take advantage of the Bengals' offensive line as it currently stands. Then week nine, I mean, we talked about this at Indianapolis. Short week. Football. Short week, how are you going to deal with it? Right. I think that's basically what it comes down to there. And then the Jets host the Bills for the first time in the season, week 10, first matchup. And just like how are you going to deal with the short week, the Jets now have 10 days to prepare for the AFC East champs. Yeah, and that's nice. A nice little break um, after that game with the Colts. And the Bills, what they addressed in the offseason that stood out was they resigned a lot of their guys, and then they went defensive line because they want to be able to get after guys like Patrick Mahomes and company. So how can that Jets – New look offensive line. I say new look because you're adding a big piece of the equation, Elijah Vera Tucker, deal with what the Bills are going to try to bring up front. And then the Jets host the Dolphins. And the one thing I'll say about the Dolphins before you give your two cents is I know that they were had a good record last year. They added Jalen Waddell to a, you know, should be a better quarterback in his second season. That defense let go of a lot of key pieces. Kyle Van Noy, Bobby McCain. I mean, they let go of some good players and some captains on that team. And I know Brian Flores – Got some tricks up his sleeve, but I got some questions. How's that defense going to look? Uh, fair, but they are very good at the cornerback position, and perhaps they got the top pass rushing talent in, in the entire draft class in Jalen Phillips. Yeah, yeah, a good point. So we'll see what that defense looks like because they did some shuffling as well. Then the Jets go and play at the Texans week 12. Jordan Jenkins now on that team. Terrence Brooks, a couple former Jets. I don't really know what to make of the Texans. I mean, it just feels like they made a lot of free agency moves. Obviously, the big question is who's playing quarterback for them. Is it Tyrod Taylor? Is it? Or is it Stanford's... Davis Mills? Davis Mills, who they just selected in the draft. Uh, yeah, they have some issues to deal with because everybody's watching the Deshaun Watson um, dealings unfold here, and we don't know what's going to happen with that. But right now... Uh, the Houston Texans are a team that is very much in transition. And mm -hmm. would it surprise you at all if Houston was one of those teams we're talking about potentially could have the top overall draft pick next year? No, it would not be surprising. And then week 13, the Jets play the Eagles. And I, I think with the Eagles, obviously there are a lot of questions going into the season, but it seems like the riding with Jalen Hurts. Yeah. But also by week thirteen, I think you'll know you'll have your answer with Jalen Hurts one way or another. Wouldn't you say that's fair? I'd agree with that. And how about the little 
divisional trade in round one of the draft is the Eagles get Devontae Smith, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, too. So uh, we'll see the former, Heisman Trophy winner. Former Heisman Trophy winner, and the Jets address the cornerback position on day three of the draft. They got a lot of youth at that position. Um, and the Eagles took uh, Landon Dickerson to fortify the line yeah, in round two. Yeah, no doubt about that. So, yeah, they got some changes and changing pieces. Uh, I don't know where the Eagles are at right now. Yeah, I think me neither. Me neither. I could see it going either way. And, and I mean, you talk about question marks at quarterback. The New Orleans Saints come to town. Is it Jameis? Is it Taysom? Could we have a BYU-BYU quarterback matchup? I wonder how many times in history, in NFL history, that's happened, where you've had two starting quarterbacks both be BYU guys. Yeah, well, it certainly could be Hill, and it certainly could be Jameis. And even if it is Jameis, Hill's going to take snaps at the quarterback position, (laughs) so you have to be prepared for that. I do think people might be overlooking the Saints a little bit. Yes, Drew Brees was as good as they come at the quarterback position. What a career he had. I just think the coach is so good there, Sean Payton. And he always seems to get things done. You can talk about, oh, maybe they've struggled in the playoffs on occasion, stuff like that. You can't debate this guy's record, what he's done over the years. But, yeah, they're starting a new era there. And the defense is pretty good. Yep. We'll see what happens with Marshawn Lattimore. I know he was uh, he was facing charges. Mm. They lost Trey Hendrickson. But Michael Thomas, if he's 100% healthy, I mean, he wasn't last year, and the Saints still did pretty well without him. Demario so. Davis has become, you know, what a career he's had, former New York Jet. And for me, one of the top storylines that I'm looking at for the Jets is how is this all going to unfold at linebacker? You got Jared Davis here, CJ Mosley, uh, hopefully returning, Blake Cashman, and then you address the linebacker position, taking a, a couple of former box safeties in Jamie and Sherwood and Hamza Nasrul Dean. That's nice. right. Yeah. So how how much can those guys contribute in year one, and will they be playing big roles for the Jets against the Saints? Right. Also, I mean, I think. We often don't talk about Blake Cashman because he's been hurt the past two years, but someone that I think would fit the system well if he's fully healthy because he's got that speed. And Mosley's an awfully good football player. We forget that because we haven't seen much of him. Right. But, I mean, C.J. Mosley could be a difference maker. Absolutely. I think I think he's kind of a, you know, he's the wild card here. Yes. Week 16, the Jets host the Jacksonville Jaguars. The obvious storyline here is number one and number two, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. But also it feels like the Jets and the Jaguars kind of married with their paths. First-year head coach, first-year head coach, quarterback, quarterback. Both had a lot of money to spend in the offseason. Both had a lot of draft capital. So I think that what I like about this, having them week 16, is that you kind of know what they're going to be throwing at you, whereas if you played them early in the year, you don't really know what Urban Meyer is going to want to do on either side of the ball there. Yeah, you know, and he's going to be one of the top storylines that people are going to track throughout the 2021 season is how has one of the top college coaches in the history of the game make the transition to the National Football League? Obviously, you thought this was a very unique opportunity. Go in there, get the number one pick, mm-hmm. a special prospect, and Trevor Lawrence. Um, yeah, I, I, th- I see some parallels here, um, but uh, we'll have to see what happens. Again, Robert Sala used to be an assistant coach right. there in Jacksonville, so much has changed since then. <laughs> you know, I'm curious of your thoughts before we wrap up here. One more opponent. 
I saw something about, you know, I think it was Bleacher Report tweeted about Trevor Lawrence's supporting cast. James Robinson, Travis Etienne, DJ Shark, LaVisca Chenault, Marvin Jones Jr. And now it seems like Tim Tebow will be joining the fold there. So what do you think about Lawrence's supporting cast versus, let's say, Wilson's supporting cast? I think people have a stigma attached to the Jets as the same old Jets. Well, it's not the same old Jets. Um, are the Jets going to be one of the most prolific offenses in football next year? I wouldn't say that. But you, we talked about Michael Carter before, Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson, LaMichael Pirine, Josh Adams. How is that running back by committee going to shake out? Tight end position, what is Chris Herndon going to look like in this system? Wide receiver, I'm going to bang the drum on that until we get to week one because the people are sleeping on the Jets receivers. Yeah. Denzel Mims, he flashed last year. What is he going to become when he has a full offseason under his belt? We'll have to see. Corey Davis is a proven commodity in the National Football League. Jameson Crowder would have been a 1,000-yard receiver last year had he not gotten injured. Keelan Cole was one of the Jacksonville Jaguars' most productive players there. Then Elijah Moore, most people think that he was a top first-round talent, top half or second half of the first-round talent. He was the most productive receiver in the best conference in college football last season. That had the Heisman Trophy winner in it. That's right. So Elijah Moore enters the fray as well. So I I do like the Jets as far as what they're doing at the skill positions, and they're not done, but I would not – you asked me the question, I wouldn't think that, oh, Trevor Lawrence has a far different starting point than what Zach Wilson does. No, I, I do think the one the one thing with the Jaguars, I think that DJ Shark gets a little overlooked. Yep. I think he's a, he's a good player. but I, I Very just, good, very good player. Yeah, I was just, but I'm just looking at his totality, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree with everything you said. And then, you know, it's almost fitting that we're at, the Jets end the season at Buffalo, but we've discussed Buffalo. So it's only fitting that we end Tom Brady returning to MetLife Stadium. And he has a very good record against the Jets. I mean, he, the only team he's beat more than the Jets is the Buffalo Bills, who, of course, the Buccaneers will face because they play the AFC East. It's so hard to repeat. You mentioned it to me when I looked at that final four games, and I said, wow, that's a tough finishing kick, those final two games. And you said, well, what are the Buccaneers and the Bills going to be playing for at that point? Could Tampa Bay run away with the NFC South? Potentially, yeah. on paper, it sets up like that. We don't know what's going to happen as far as injuries and things like that, but they are an overwhelming favorite. A lot of people think they could be playing for the Super Bowl once again this year, whereas last year people thought, well, the Jets, uh, the Buccaneers are going to get their feet wet with Tom Brady. And, of course, they win the championship. Uh, I think the Bills are going to have a tougher road. But we'll have to see what happens. But if both those teams are playing for a lot of things down the stretch, that's as tough as a final two games as you will find. I haven't looked at all 32 team schedules, but nobody's going to have as tough as those final two games as the New York Jets. Yeah, I agree with that. And 
That is a perfect way to end this edition of the official Jets podcast, the Jets 2021 schedule release presented by Jeff Lewis.